they understand it that thoroughly, but they'll get paid less than someone who is a senior admin clicking wizards in a, uh, a, a Microsoft interface. I mean, that, that was really one of the genius things that Microsoft did. They made becoming a system engineer easy because it's all just click here, click there. Not, not to say that all are, are, are just that. I mean, many, you know, get into PowerShell and, and, and they- uh, You're gonna upset a lot of people real soon. A lot more. I'm, 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 I'm pissing everybody off today. And, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of intentional. We we left off on a conversation last week that I think we need to explore a little bit more. More about who should get into cybersecurity, who should not get into cybersecurity, what kind of jobs should cybersecurity even be? Uh, I know you and I have some major differences on this, so... Uh, you got to understand. I mean, I, I get it. It's the hot field right now. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of demand. There are way more jobs and there are people to fill them. And as a result, it's a job where a person can get it to, into six figures very quickly. So who wouldn't want to say, I'm getting into cybersecurity. I want to make six figures. <laughs> it, it's a logical thing. But is that really where the industry needs to go? I'd say no. Probably. And I say probably. <laughs> I, so, I think it's funny because we have we have a little we have varying velocities on this, but I think it, it really comes down to first you got to set this ba- the baseline, right? What does it mean to be in the cybersecurity industry? Because a sysadmin could argue that they're in the cybersecurity industry. So tell me why they aren't. You know, it's funny. I I don't disagree with that at a fundamental level. Uh, Really, by that definition, though, everyone in IT is in cybersecurity. Ah, yes, they are. And if (laughs) if everyone in IT is in cybersecurity, then fine. Yes, everyone can get into the field and they should have an entry point into the field. What I'm really focusing on is those who are designated as cybersecurity specialists. And if a person is a cybersecurity specialist, in my opinion, they should have expertise in the underlying field that they're trying to secure. Okay, so when you jump on the Indeed, when you jump on the Indeed or Glassdoor or what have you, you're gonna you're you're not necessarily gonna see cybersecurity specialist a ton on there as a job role, but you may see something like cybersecurity subject matter expert or entry level uh, security analyst. Right, that's kind of what you're looking you're looking at as maybe we shouldn't have entry level jobs begin with security analysis. Well no, that, I, no I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm okay. just saying that uh, the prerequisite to being a cybersecurity analyst even if it's an entry level as a cybersecurity analyst should be at a career exit point that came prior to that. In other words, again, the role is to analyze other people's IT. And the thing is, if you can start off without any real underlying knowledge of how the systems work, what's normal communication, what's abnormal, if you don't actually know the underlying system, then you're reduced to just following rules, following standard procedure, following you know uh, some sort of monkey see, monkey do list. And if that's what you're doing, why not use 
uh, analytics for that? Why not use automated systems for that? Because there's no real value add of having a human if they're not actually able to provide human level expert analysis. So yeah, that's my issue. My issue is that how can someone be an, an analyst for the security of a system they don't understand? Uh, I'm totally, totally on board with you. I, I, I come from the viewpoint that, you know, if you work on a computer or if you develop an, uh, an information system, you're in cybersecurity. That's, that's how it is today. Cybersecurity is so pervasive. Every job within cybersecurity has a, or every job within, uh, uh, managing, monitoring a system, it, 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 a lot of the tasks in those jobs are all related to something about cybersecurity. So we might as well just drop the facade now. Cybersecurity is not this this mountain you know, to climb, to get to uh, as an industry. It, there's a lot of people in it. it it's a very, very big yeah. umbrella. So and, and you know what? we might as well just- other, but that, That's my other uh, pet peeve. Is is when something is everything, then then it's nothing. You know? Well, but that's you the thing know? is that there's there's a second is, part to that. No, there's a second cyber, part to that. There is no cyber. I mean, what, <laughs> there's a second. There's the a second part to that. Cybersecurity. We've talked about this uh, a bunch of different times in these different episodes. You know, uh, cybersecurity is a massive umbrella that covers a lot of different things. A lot of different uh, traditional roles that were their own professions are now being swept into cybersecurity, even, you know, to the extent where you look at, you know, things like asset inventory. But likewise, a lot of those traditional professions are being lost through the use of um, artificial intelligence or automation, stuff we talked about last week, right? So at the end of the day, a lot of different traditional jobs are, I believe, just under the umbrella of cybersecurity. I think what you're getting at, though, is analyzing security, the implementation of security, how effective security controls can are and can be, are often left to entry-level positions. We've seen that enough in our time. And, and, and that, that becomes problem. an issue. So that's there are certainly tiers of, of expertise that are needed. I argue that today, based on the tools that are available, the, the need to understand or have in-depth experience with programming is not a requirement to be an expert in Microsoft Word. And those are very, very different things. I mean, one is using an, a system and the other is building that system. And those are two very different roles, very different jobs. In fact, that's actually my, my longest standing pet peeve in, in, in the whole IT business is uh, sometimes people... Uh, give as much weight, uh, credit, pay to those who are expert users of someone else's software as those who, who can actually build the software themselves from scratch. It's always been a pet peeve. I, I've seen it throughout my career where you'll get programmers who could start from scratch and build a complex system and understand it from uh, every level, uh, from the, the physical layer all the way to uh, uh, logical le levels. They understand it that thoroughly, but they'll get paid less than someone who is a senior admin clicking wizards in a uh, a, a Microsoft interface. I mean, that, that was really one of the genius things that Microsoft did. They made becoming a system engineer easy because it's all just click here, click there. Not not to say that all are, are, are just that. I mean, many 
you know, get into PowerShell and, and, and they, uh, you're going to upset a lot of people. Lot, soon. A lot more. I'm pissing everybody off today. And, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of intentional because the, the, the point is we saw an explosion in our industry and I'm not talking about cybersecurity. I'm talking about the entire, uh, it industry. Uh, it grew at such an exponential rate that it was absolutely impossible for enough bottom up, comprehensive computer experts to fill all of those roles. It had to be made easier. But the thing is, as it was being made easier, the differentiation between skills became cloudy. And uh, the ability to really recognize who actually has the most skills and who doesn't and who and, and where they fit into the into the pecking order, it all became a shambles. Yeah, I, you know, you're you're right. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, the, some of the best... Um people we've ever worked with some of the, some of our, you know, people that we've hired that something that we both look for when we, when, when we actually are doing interviews or, you know, how well versed is somebody in a multitude of things, not one singular thing. And to that extent, I think that that is something that's, that's a logical follow on of why you see, you know, people who are experts at using a GUI as opposed to someone who could like build a GUI for you. Um, you know, I liken it to this. Uh, you drive a vehicle, but you're not a mechanic, but you got to take it to a mechanic to get it worked on. But that mechanic isn't going to be a expert in, you know, uh, in physics <laughs> to understand how the vehicle works, but they do know how all the parts fit together. They do know what something's supposed to look like, what something's supposed to sound like and can trace back problems when th- something doesn't work. None of that requires them to under- have an innate understanding of, you know, come, you know, combustion right so i'm sure that helps that's an interesting analogy i i, I, I let's run with that for well, a well i'm gonna run with that because again does it make a better uh uh does it make for a better uh mechanic for someone who has soup to nuts a full hundred percent understanding of everything absolutely but they're also extremely expensive so at the end of the day if i'm in the c-suite if i'm an executive and i have a limited understanding of how to build a car how to you know, maintain a vehicle, all of that. I just need the cheapest guy I can get that does the best work for what I need. The answer is not, this is the best option. It's this will do. And that's why we're seeing what we see now. That, that pragmatism is definitely carried today. I I, I don't disagree with that, but let's just take your analogy for a minute. You know, okay. You have a, a driver of a car, novice driver. You have an expert driver of a car. You have a mechanic, you have a novice mechanic, you have an expert mechanic, but then you have a mechanical engineer that actually works at, at building and designing cars. Mm-hmm. Then you mm-hmm. have, I mean, there, there are a lot of layers before you get to physicists uh, at, at, the, at the very, sure. very base science. Sure, I just, I cut he, the steps out, the yeah. <laughs> he, here's the thing. Do you take a novice mechanic and get him working at Tesla building on the, uh, uh, the next model S, <laughs> you know, no, not, no, not, not, no, of course you know, not. Those are different job but, functions, but, but they're different. Hang on. We, but that's exactly what we keep doing in this industry. We keep taking people who are expert users of a system and trying to make them into engineers for those systems. And, I, and it, 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 it fall, it, it falls flat. And it ultimately is the reason why we see so much poor cyber hygiene, so many vulnerabilities and so much uh, attack surface across the entire enterprise and not just enterprise across the entire industry. Well, let's just, let's just, let's just call this, let's just call it what it is, right? Where are we seeing this most prevalently? 
where what sector of cybersecurity are we seeing this happen the most? Especially you and me. Where do we see this most? It's in governance, right? I mean, it's not happening with network penetration. It's not happening with blue teams. It's not happening with incident response. It's happening with just governance, policy. That's where this is occurring. Because if I am a systems engineer and I get tasked to go build a system, build a network, if I don't know how to do it, I get fired because I have to know how to do these things. But if I have a job where I have to sit back and know the textbook meaning of things, where I have to know what the rules are, right? And I have to essentially go in and ensure that the rules and the procedures are being followed. Yeah, I'm not necessarily going to need to have to have an in-depth understanding of the one and the zero. Does it go a long way? And does it help? Absolutely. But again, that's not where this industry has gone. And so I'm not, I, I, I agree with you. I this, mean, I'm just, this, you know, that, there's a reason a for flaw, it though. But, but that, that's a flaw though. You know, I mean, there's always a margin of error in, in these systems. I mean, mm -hmm. even in uh, complex text-based systems where everything's on, on the command line, there's still a huge, huge margin of error. So, mm -hmm. and even, even in programming, I mean, uh, uh, let's take a typical uh, thing that we teach in ethical hacking classes. We, we, we teach uh, how to do uh, script injections, SQL injections, uh, things like that. Uh, well, what does that take advantage of? It takes advantage of poor programming uh, in a web app. Uh, it takes advantage of the fact that people are just passing values uh, from an mm -hmm. untrusted environment into a trusted environment without mm -hmm. validation. That's bad programming. But guess what? The program worked. Right. It worked. It just didn't work well. Or rather, it was vulnerable. It may have worked just fine until someone exploited that vulnerability. So the point is, just because it works doesn't mean uh, they're really qualified to be building a system that you can rely on as a trustworthy system, which means you have to have someone in the process, someone who isn't expert enough to actually find the flaws and find the, uh, the, the poor practices in the system. And you, you can't get someone who doesn't know anything about programming to find programming flaws. Yeah. And, and, and I think that this is, you and I agree on this mostly. Uh, so, you know, to keep it really entertaining, I'm just going to keep disagreeing with you or at least being like, oh, the, the, this is the real problem. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, I think what we have is an issue kind of of labels, right? You know, I said before, everything is cybersecurity. There's multiple different job types in cybersecurity, just like you can say you're in the auto industry and mean you're either uh, a car salesman or a mechanic, right? Two vastly different job sets with different neat, different knowledge bases. But yeah, you can all say you're in the auto industry. Sure. Uh, so I think that what we have is just a labeling problem because right now what we're seeing is in, you know, uh, entry level cybersecurity subject matter expert or entry level, uh, cybersecurity analyst. That's the job title. And that job title is wrong because what that does is that allows exactly for the problem that you just stated. You know, we're not going to have somebody who is a, a, an engineer who is in the auto industry, uh, paid the same as somebody who's a, I don't know, a test driver, right? I mean, it's, they're two completely different job functions. They're two different knowledge bases. Expertise levels are very, very different. And that is not acknowledged enough, I think, in the cybersecurity industry and, at all. And, and honestly, that's probably the root of, of my whole problem with this, you know? And you see organizations that try to deal with this. I mean, uh, let's take on the certification front. Um, 
if you want to get a CISSP certification, uh, you can take the test, you can pass the test, but you can't be certified until you have at least five years practicing in the field. See, that's an attempt to say, okay, you know, you can't just pass a test and be this. You have to actually uh, build up a skill set, build up um, the the knowledge experience. You need to have the experience. Period. You, have, you have to have a level of experience. Absolutely. And 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 so that there are organizations that attempt. Uh, my thing is is sometimes you have to look at the cross section of skills that a person has. Okay, they went to college. What was their degree? You know, what what was the skill set that that went into and came out of uh, pursuing that particular degree? And then when it comes to the certs, are they just taking soft certs? Are they just taking certs? that are based on uh, management skills or do they have some technical skills? See, uh, you, you look at a cross section, you can kind of get a sense sometimes of where someone is and whether someone really belongs in a cybersecurity uh, position. But honestly, I, I, I got to keep going back to the same thing. You can't have someone evaluating the effectiveness of security on systems they don't understand. Otherwise, they're just checking boxes that someone else wrote. And then you need to have somebody that can write the check boxes for them to check off. And, and if that's all you're going to do, get a, get an automated tool to do that for you. Yeah. I, agreed. Agreed. I, I, my stance is this. It, are there entry-level positions in the cybersecurity industry? I'll hammer this. I'll beat this horse to death. Absolutely. 100%. Because cybersecurity, there are a to- ton of different roles, tasks, etc. However, can you be a cybersecurity analyst or a cybersecurity subject matter expert at an entry level? I don't think so. I, I don't. The thing is, they they there are, <laughs> they they do exist now. Companies so are so hiring them sometimes so, without even uh, getting in college, it's maybe pass the security plus exam, and, uh, and that's good enough. You're now a security security analyst. It's happening. So, yeah, uh, you know the uh, Department of Defense has like baseline certs that you need, right? Um, to have a certain level of a, of job uh, within their organization, and that's exactly what they do. Security Plus, without any experience, will get you into like an I a level two at least, and that's or I'm sorry, I mean at the bottom level, but those are, but those levels are still analysis. Um, they're still required to be subject matter experts, so on and so forth. Uh, again, I think that, like you said, there's an over reliance on certification. There's an over-reliance on uh, degrees to an extent. I, I do think so. Um, and organizations will go ahead and hire someone who has a very long uh, list of letters after their name without really de- understanding what the, what those even mean Yeah, and what the we context should, we should, is. We should, we should take a minute and, and, and actually look at some of these. Terms. What, what, what do they mean? You know, uh, we, we talked for a minute about the CISSP. Well, you know, that means you have a broad understanding of the various cybersecurity disciplines and five years practicing at least one of them. Um, so that's some indication. Uh, maybe you, you have a CEH, a certified ethical hacker. Well, well that means you've, you've, you've passed a few skill, uh, skills associated with uh, penetration techniques, uh, at least enough to pass the test. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not an easy test. Uh, so it, it requires some knowledge there. The, the problem with both of these exams, though, is you can study to the exam and pass it without really fully understanding or being able to engineer your own solutions, uh, especially with the CISSP, because uh, it's really just a a, a, a list of, of practices. 
uh, even though it's that's a golden standard um, uh, certification, uh, in the end, it's it's a laundry list of facts that you have to know to get that certification. It's not as skills based as you know some of the others. I mean, I I mean, I think you've identified a key problem, right? Is just an over reliance on uh, certifications, uh, and especially when it comes to you know. Uh, the ignorance of a lot of the people who are actually doing the hiring, um, uh, as to what the, what the context, well, right. And, and, of and, those and certifications let, are. And, and, and let me just ca- cap off this point on certs. Um, you know, I, I have a bunch of certs myself, you know, I have the CSSP, I have the CEH, you know, I, I have some of these certs myself. I'm not saying the certs are, are, are in and of themselves good or bad. I think they're actually a necessary indicator that there, there's at least mm-hmm. some, um, common understanding of skills, but they don't tell you everything. Right. Yeah. They don't tell you everything. So we've identified the problem, right? We know what the problem is in the industry overall. Uh, I think you're, I think we agree on that. Uh, So what's the solution? You know, what, what do you got boss? Well, how, how do we go ahead and solve this, this, this riddle? You know, I, I think you touched on a very important thing, you know, the idea of being able to label everything as cybersecurity means that nothing is. So we do have to get the label straight and understand where the roles are and where, where the evolution should go. That's not what I said, but that's okay. Okay, close to it. Yeah, I, I, maybe I'm playing off what you said. Uh, maybe it wasn't exactly what you said. You know, Exaggerating I, 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 for effect. It's fine. All right, fine, fine, fine. fine. <laughs> do, I, do, do your Biden voice, whatever. It's, it's <laughs> my, my Biden voice. I don't have, you know, whatever. (laughs) My point is this. My fellow Americans. Sorry. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously though. Here's the point. The labels do confuse those who are in positions to make decisions, uh, but without really the individual direct expertise over what the differences are. Uh, So labels matter, you know, uh, and when it comes to creating career tracks for expertise, it's not that anyone needs to be an expert in all things. You know, very few people, you know, honestly follow a career check or track like mine, where I started as a programmer, went to network engineering and system engineering, and then went to cybersecurity. That, that's kind of an unusual track, and a lot of people don't follow that track. And I don't think most people should. However, you should follow a vertical track. If you're a programmer, you know, you, you become a, a, an entry-level programmer, you know, you, you get mentored, you get better, you become, become an expert pro- programmer. And once you're an expert programmer, if you want to specialize in application security, then that's another level. But it shouldn't be that someone who's barely a programmer skips over being coming, uh, becoming an expert programmer to then be a application security analyst who's trying to find flaws in the work of expert programmers. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work for me that way. Same thing with network engineering. You know, there's an entry path to get into network engineering and to work your way up, become an expert, get, you know, get varying levels of certs or whatever the case is to the point where you can build an, an enterprise class uh, network with all the devices, uh, layer, layer two, layer three, and, and everything in between. Great. But once you're an expert in that, then you're the guy who picks it apart and uh, finds the flaws and can exploit the weaknesses and can show... Uh, the engineers, what they're doing wrong. Database, same thing. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I, you know? I, 
Yeah, I mean, and not to cut, not to cut you off. I think I think you're right, but you're, you're siloing. I think cybersecurity. You're siloing it, which I think is somewhat needed. But they're not going to have these specialized roles at that level because they're not going to have the budget to do that. So what we've seen often, in the, especially in the last you know decade and a half or so, is uh, a lot of organizations looking to people who are Swiss Army knives that have enough of an understanding, enough of an expertise, and have enough of the ability to understand um, the cross-sections of this industry, because there's tons of them, right? You know, I myself, I came from systems engineering, network engineering background, built up my expertise, transitioned over to security, becoming cyber, you know, just going uh, going through the, the vertical motion like you just mentioned. However, back when I started that, very, very few people had that uh, had that track, right? There weren't that many. And now what we're faced with, you know, 20 years later is we have the people who are in the job to, to do the analysis, the overall cybersecurity analysis for an organization who are multi-tracked, who have, you know, a little bit of understanding of everything, maybe an expertise in one field specifically, but the ability to understand at a high level, right? Uh, multiple facets of cybersecurity. I think that's just simply a symptom of of how the field has grown, yeah. right? And where where the need was at different different points in time. Pragmatism rules. You know, I, I I don't disagree with the fact that it's 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 not realistic for an organization, mid-sized organization, even a large organization, to have experts in every modality. I I, I get that. I agree with that, but I also think that's a flaw, a flaw, maybe even a fatal flaw in the security architecture of the way these organizations are governed when it comes to cybersecurity. I, I really think it's a flaw. And I think the solution to that flaw is bringing in uh, organizations like ours <laughs> that can have uh, the horizontal staff that are experts in all the modalities for the price of a contract instead of a price of a full-time employee uh, and ultimately creating a a, a utility uh, uh, for managed services on the cybersecurity front, just like we've done with cloud. Uh, you, you, you look at why cloud is so attractive to so many organizations, because the quality and the expertise and the uh, scale of systems and the distribution, geographic distribution of, of data centers is far more than would be ever viable for one organization to do for themselves. Uh, but they, get, they can leverage that by moving to the cloud and using the cloud service provider. Same thing with managed service providers for, for cybersecurity uh, uh, services. You can get experts that you could never afford to hire when you go that route. I, I really think that, in the end, is the real solution. I, I yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, we we didn't mean for this to turn into a sales pitch for CyberSure. Uh, <laughs> there, oh, yeah. there oh, is yeah. a need. Oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I, you know, there, there, there are tons of companies that do the same thing. There's, a, there's hundreds of companies, but I, I, I think you're right. There's a need to decentralize. And that's why, you know, you see a lot of organizations that do exactly that, where they go to a company like ours and they say, we need top to bottom, you know, cybersecurity help. Just help us, please. We just had a data breach or so on, you know, or something happened where we, you know, the bosses are pushing us to now completely reinvent how we implement cybersecurity. We had in-house people. We may or may not still have in-house people, right? We've seen that before. And we need you to bring, you know, your knowledge to bear. 
that's, I think, becoming more of the norm these days. Uh, I think more and more organizations are understanding that. There are some legacy components within this industry, I think, that are still in that mindset where I need to hire the guy, the person, the individual to run my cybersecurity and they're my W-2. You know, they're my in-house person. And what I have seen in my in my experience is the those are often the cases where people fail. It is, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, and, you know, I'll put on my PMP hat uh, for, for just a second. Uh, in, in the uh, Project Management Institute's principles of good management, uh, the idea of the manager being a skilled uh, operator of resources rather than a skilled implementer of whatever uh, the mission happens to be is, is a tried and true method. It, it does work. If two things happen, one, the manager understands that his role is to leverage and utilize the resources at his disposal, as opposed to trying to be some top down uh, uh, knower of all things and seer of all knowledge, you know, that, that sort of thing doesn't work. When, when, when that's the mentality, it fails. But if yeah. they have a proper project management ethic that the role is to bring together resources and get the best outcomes, then, then it can work. It can work fine. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it kind of goes back to you know uh, how we hire, how we mentor some of the younger um, uh, professionals that that you know we work with. You know, there is a communication goes a very, very, very long way, and you know, uh, speaking to to somebody you know just just recently about you know they're very very new into uh the cybersecurity industry with a systems engineering background and you know the biggest piece of advice i gave them was understand what your customer needs whether that's your your manager whether it's your boss whether it's a client whether you're providing analysis you need to understand what they need and be able to communicate that to them in their in terms that they can understand it has to be palatable. I know that you and I have both seen almost the inverse of that, where you have a highly skilled, highly technical individual, somebody who knows their specialized field in and out, but they are impossible to talk to. They are, they are, there's, they're, they are siloed to such a degree where they have blinders on and that causes an even larger gap in security uh, for the organization. And one of the things that's been very difficult to do is go into an organization to say, you, you, you need to break this up a little bit, right? You have to be able to have a multidisciplined team or a multidisciplined uh, group of people to, to handle this. Having the single individual be that Swiss army knife today is effective, is effective, right? To, to be a, uh, a, a jack of all trades, so to speak, is effective in today's climate. Going forward, though, I don't see that necessarily uh, continuing to be as effective as it has been in the past, mainly because of what you've mentioned, right? I mean, there are going to be, there's a need for a team to be multifaceted, multifaceted not an individual. Right. Yep. So there, and, I think, did we solve it? Oh my goodness. Did we solve the problem? <laughs> it, it, it is. Did you we know, just I, do it? Some of it was belly aching and, and, and complaining over the nature of our industry. But but yeah, we, there are solutions that can actually mitigate this issue. I mean, it, it, it it's not an unsolvable problem, but it does require some things that are not too common. 
one, a realistic and modest view of what can and can't be done in-house, what needs to be done uh, out, uh, outside, but what ultimately needs to be achieved uh, in terms of comprehensive security. And in the end, you do need more than you're going to be able to budget in most organizations. So you got to figure out how to leverage a larger infrastructure uh, to, to get what you want. But for those trying to enter the field, you know, right now, beginning's good. If, if, if you uh, want to get an entry-level job, right now they're, they're hiring. Uh, just be aware of the fact that the day is probably coming if you don't build your skill set up <laughs> um, and very broadly uh, where, where you will basically <laughs> become obsolete. And only those with uh, more broad and, and deep uh, skills will survive. Uh, but for the next five years, I think you're fine. Just get the entry level job, and who knows? Sure. You know, uh, the, the competition. The competition is going to be be stiff, and it's not all about the certifications. It's not all about, you know, what degree you have, and it, it's it's certainly not all about your personality or your ability to communicate. I think it's all of those things. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to be. Uh, uh, you're going to have to have your expertise at a certain level, though, to get yeah. to that. Um, that that now more common level, but it's going to become a higher level. A number of industries have made the same the same thing that you're describing, where they had a huge demand. They're taking everybody for a, a finite period of time, but eventually the bottom falls out of that, and yep. only the the best, the cream of the crop, survives uh, when it collapses. It happened with the paper MCSEs back uh, in the, in the late uh, '90s. Uh, right. Everybody and their right. mother got the cert and got jobs, yep. but within ten years. You know, uh, a lot of those folks were making half of what they were making before if they were even still in the business. Mm -hmm. I could see the same thing happening here. I I can see the same thing happening here. I I do think that there is a a, a potential bottom that's going to fall out where you have the people who only have um, paper experience, right? Book experience are going to fall to the wayside. They're going to get paid a heck of a lot less, if anything. Um, And that is why you're going to, if I were giving any kind of uh, advice to any young cyber professionals out there right now, I, you know, I would be, I would tell them you need to find a specific sector within cybersecurity, become an expert, whether it be cloud computing, whether it be uh, machine learning, AI, something to that effect, become an expert in it. Cause you're, you're going to be needed to be an expert. It's going to be a requirement that you be an expert in that, in that exactly. specific field. Um, otherwise you're probably going to find yourself, you know, being a paper pusher and just working solely in Excel and, you know, for a lot less money than you're making right now, but it's definitely happening. I I really do believe that's on the horizon. Um, Again, you know, Hey, there, there are certain clients that we've had who I think in 20 years, they're going to be the same way they are today. But uh, I think the industry as a whole is definitely moving in that direction. I, I really do. Definitely. All right. So I guess we agreed, didn't we? (laughs) <laughs> ultimately <laughs> you know for, from different, ultimately, from different angles from different from yeah. different sides we, we, I, I would definitely i would definitely bit. say that it, it is it this is just uh just as this isn't necessarily cybersecurity, but this is any industry anytime you have to be an expert or a consultant in any situation if you can't communicate the idea to someone who's not an expert you're not going to make it very yeah, get well. out get out of there get out um so if, you know, t- t- becoming that expert is, is a massive part of it, becoming an expert in this, in a growing field is a part of it, but having the ability to explain it to somebody who's not an expert, that's, that's how experts make their bread and butter. That's how the people, that's how people become experts and, you know, not pariahs. 
and invaluable awesome. experts, you know? Right, right. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this episode, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Be safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Oh, 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 oh,